0: change the tempo a little bit here. Let's put it in the key of F. Let's sing that song, Jesus, hold my hand.
1: Oh, Jesus, hold my hand. This pilgrim, and there is a friend who walks with me. He leads me safely through the sinkings, and it is the Christ of God. Cal- Now cheese. Te...
0: same key here, if F. Let's just sing that song, I Need You, Lord, before we take our prayer request this evening.
1: So I need you, Lord, I need you, Lord, right now.
0: Sister, um, I don't have any prayer requests written down here, so that's a good thing, um, but uh, I know that everyone has a special need on their heart or a request. Um, I will ask you all just to uh, continue to remember um, Megan's sister, uh, Lauren. She goes tomorrow uh, to have her port put in for her treatments, and uh, she begins her therapy on Friday. So if you would just continue to remember her and the family, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, Also, just remember uh, Dad. He's uh, getting ready to go out on another trip. So just pray for uh, safe travel mercies for him. And as always, uh, just continue to remember Brother Barry. He's not with us this evening, so we just want to remember him and Sister Becky. Um, That is all the prayer requests that I know of. Um, So... Like I said, we all have special needs, so just by the lifting of your hand, uh, the Lord knows those needs, and uh, He knows exactly what to do for them. So if you would just uh, stand with me once again, and Brother Andy, if you would just come at this time and uh, just pray over the service here in the prayer requests.
2: Lovely Lord Jesus. No truer words have ever been spoken by mortal lips, Lord, that we need you. And Father, we come this evening and we would just ask, Lord, that you'd forgive us for anything we've done wrong, Father. Anything, Lord Jesus, whether it be a thought, a word, a deed, an attitude anything at all father we just by faith we lay our hands on that sacrifice that you made for us lord and we have faith in that lord and we just ask for your forgiveness that you would cover us in your blood father and lord you've heard those requests and i think of that young sister getting a port place father i deal with many people in that similar situation father And I would just ask, Lord, that you would come in a supernatural way in that situation, Father. And you would just rise up with healing in your wings, Father. And just be there for her, for that family. And may you bring a complete deliverance from that evil, Lord Jesus. And Father, those that need traveling mercies, Lord. We ask that your heavenly host of angels be encamped about them. And, Lord, we ask that those of us that raised our hands, what is unspoken, Lord, is spoken to you, Father. And so we would ask that you would just answer those prayers, Lord, in your perfect will, Father. Not necessarily, Lord, what we think we need, but we want what you want us to have, Lord Jesus, or not to have. And, Father, we pray for the man that would stand behind this pulpit this evening, And we would ask that you would move him out of the way, Lord. He has studied. He's looked over notes and quotes and scriptures, Father. But I pray your anointing would come, Lord Jesus. And you would move him aside, Father. And you would take away any nervousness. And you you would use him, Lord, to speak to us. And Lord, anoint our eyes to see and to, to grab what is ours, Lord Jesus. Our portion. And, Lord, may we not just be hearers of it, but may we be doers, Lord Jesus. May we manifest it, Father. Lord, we ask that you would have your way in this service. Anoint every heart, every ear, every person. And we ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. And we'll give you the glory because, Lord, there is none, none like an unto thee. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.
0: Man, Thank you. You may have your seats. We'll just sing a couple songs this evening uh, before Brother Aaron comes. I don't have any specials. Uh, Just a couple quick announcements here before we do that, though. Uh, Just uh, don't forget to sign up for the joy dinner in the library. Our our joy dinner is uh, for those 50 and over. So uh, just uh, remember that. Don't forget about that. And also the uh, wonderful wonderful time of year that we call Daylight Savings is coming this weekend. So don't uh, forget about that and to change your clocks, okay? So let's uh, sing that song you were just playing uh, in moments like these. In
1: moments like these, I sing out See Just to Jesus Savior friend and I
0: song he is able uh, just as brother Aaron
1: comes forward this evening he is able
3: Christ this evening because we know that you are able father you are more than able to do more than what we can ever ask or imagine lord god you hold the whole world in your hands you made the galaxies and the stars and the fish and all the greatness father the things that we see the things that we don't see and we know father that by your power all things consist lord god we bring our needs before you tonight Lord God, ask not because we are worthy, but Father, knowing that you have called us by your grace. Father, we want to remember, Lord, the people that are out traveling and some that are sick. Lord, may you just touch and visit them, Lord. Father, we want to especially remember our pastor who is going for ministry in Budapest for some meetings. We ask that the Holy Spirit may be with him, that it may be a blessing to those people father for he is just a vessel but a vessel without the holy spirit is just nothing we ask now that you, amen god bless you you may have your seats for i greet you all in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ uh, trust that you are all doing fine by the grace of God so happy to see each and every one of you tonight uh, special greetings to Reverend Timothy Ashong <laughs> right there at the back he loves to come to church he says brother Aaron I'm a, I'm a, I'm a church boy I love to come to church I said I'm, I'm, I'm like that also <laughs> to me if you take away church you've taken away everything <laughs> And um, Brother Barry, as you might, all might know, he's uh, going to have some meetings in, in Budapest, so he's coveting your prayers. And as a result of that, uh, we had to stand in, in the gap for him, which is not an easy thing, but I trust that the Lord will be a blessing to you. Uh, today is Wednesday night, so we won't take so much of your time. If we can stand to read the Bible. If we can read from Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, to serve, and if you have it in your Bibles. Thank you so much, musicians. Musicians have an, a, an eternal ministry. They will be singing in heaven, but some of us will be retired. <laughs> we, won't, we might probably be in heaven, but musicians will still be playing and and singing, so I guess just before we get in the rapture, I'll learn an instrument so that I'll have something to do on the other side because <laughs> I wouldn't want to be sitting around, you know. But uh, we appreciate the musicians. I was telling the Sunday school that hey, music is a great ministry, and the prophet says, When children are hungry, they will eat from the dust beans. And sometimes, when you see people going out finding music that is not right, it's because we are not giving them good music to listen to. So we appreciate good music. Let's read Joshua chapter 1. The Bible says, Now after the death of Joshua the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses, minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all the people, unto the land which I give to, the, to them, even to the children of Israel. I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. You may have your seat. I love the, the book of Joshua. One of my favorite books in the Old Testament is the book of Joshua. So today we want to, uh, for a little time, we want to talk about rising from setbacks. Um, rising from setbacks. I uh, uh, just felt pressed upon my heart and be led just to, uh, give a word of encouragement. I feel like there are many things and many battles that we are fighting around us in these days. And the Holy Ghost, you know, sometimes he comes by rebuke. Sometimes he comes by exhortation. Sometimes he comes to encourage you. The Bible is, is the book of life. God is not one-dimensional. Sometimes, you know, God, you know, he, he works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. So as a minister of the gospel, you want to give people the whole counsel of God. It's not evangelism all the time. It's not jumping all the time. It's not crying all the time. All those emotions, they're in the Bible. So it's, it's, it's all about being led to what, what God wants to give to his people. And the battle really is to move yourself out and have God speak to his people. The, the main problem throughout the ages has been men trying to put their own feelings to it. Uh, pe- men trying to put their own ideas to it. Or, you know, try, you should, we, we can never use the word of God to express our ideas. We can never use the word of God to control people. You can never use the word of God to control your children or your wife or your husband. That, was, that is never going to work. The word of God is supposed to give life. We live by the word, but we don't use it. You know, We handle it with, 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 with sincere hands. Praise the Lord. Just like the way we handle the communion bread, that's the same way we handle the word of God. And each and every one of us, we have a portion of handling the word. It could be a mother speaking to your, to your children. You are still handling the word of God. There is a way you have to handle the word of God. You could be a father you are preaching to your, to, your, to your family on the family altar, you are a minister. You have to handle the word of God right. So, and the most important thing is to have a right spirit. And that's one of the things that we were talking about in Sunday school. Now, for you to have a, high, a right spirit, there are ingredients that you need to have a right spirit. And one of those ingredients is, is humility. You can never have a right spirit unless you are humble. If you If you look at all the people in the Bible, if you talk about the psychophoenician Sy- Sy- uh, woman, Jesus Christ said, "It is not meet for me to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs." And because she had a humble spirit, she didn't say, "How can you say that to me?" That sounds uh, 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 you know, if, if it was in modern day, it would be like a headline on CNN, this religious leader calls a colored woman dog, you know. But she didn't have that attitude. She was humble. She said, Lord, yes, I am a dog. But even the dogs eat the crumbs from, that fall from the master's table. So she was able to say the right things because she had the right spirit. And she was able to have the right spirit because she was very humble. Praise the Lord. And if you, are, if, if you have love, you also have the right spirit. And the prophet says, I'd rather have someone with the wrong doctrine and the right spirit than to have someone with the right doctrine and the wrong spirit. Because the most important thing is having a right spirit. The Bible says in the, in the book of Ezekiel that God said, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. He says, and I'll give you my spirit. So before God gives you the Holy Spirit, he has to give you the right spirit. Have you ever seen people that have everything, you know, doctrine, perfect, but they are very arrogant? They don't have the right spirit. If you have an experience with the Holy Spirit without the right spirit, that will destroy you. And that will destroy other people. If you are a minister without the right spirit, you destroy many people. Praise the Lord. But you have to have the right spirit. Even if you are a musician, you have to have the right spirit. Because Lucifer did not lose his gift. He lost the right spirit. He still has his gift even now. But he lost the right spirit. And once you lose the right spirit, you, are, you become contaminated. Yeah. And when your spirit is, is not right, that's, don't send an email. If you're not feeling too well, don't, don't talk to anybody. Just keep quiet. Stay to yourself. Pray. Then tomorrow when you're feeling better, you talk to your children. You talk to your husband. You talk to your, in the right spirit. You can say the right, the right words, but if you say it in the wrong spirit, it's not going to work. When the Lucifer came to Satan and said, it is written. That was the scripture, but it was the wrong spirit. Praise God. Now, let's go to our text. Sometimes when you come here, you don't plan to say preliminaries, but the Holy Ghost just annoys you. And you wonder, why, why did I ever say that? <laughs> but maybe God wants you know, someone to hear that. So what we read from the book of Joshua is that God is saying to Joshua, now Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, God is very real and God is very practical. You know, there, there, there's a, you know, a new form of, of, of faith that we have in the modern times where, you know, it's like motivational speech, like everything is all right. You know. No, 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 God is not like that. God is real. He will tell you the truth. Moses is dead. You know, he didn't, he didn't try to sugarcoat it. He didn't try to gloss over it. He said it the way it is. And when, when, you, when, when, you have got, when you are doing something wrong, God is going to tell you you are doing something wrong. When you are doing something right, God is going to tell you you are doing something right. When you are in a situation, God will tell you you are in a situation. Praise God. But the good thing about God is it does not stop there. Would, a woman would come on a prayer and a prophet say, I see you are shadowed to death. And that's a fact. Said, but God is going to heal you. So God, so God here tells, tells Joshua. Now Joshua, you must understand that he was a minister of Moses. And all his life, Mo, Joshua was told by Moses, listen, we are going for, in, into a promised land. I'm going to take you to this place. Never at a moment did Joshua ever... He thought of himself, thought of Moses dying. As far as Joshua was concerned, Moses had a burning bush experience. you are supposed to take us to the promised land. There was no mentioning of the Bible anywhere where God said to Moses, where Joshua was told, well, we we're going to take over. It was God who later told Moses, but Joshua knew nothing about it. And I wanted to know that, God does not always tell us everything. And Brother Barry said this, the same thing last, week, last Sunday. He says, even the prophets, God does not tell them everything. Pro- God is omnipotent and omniscient, but, but prophets are not. God tells his prophets what he wants them to know and what he wants them to convey to the people. And we are also not concerned about knowing everything. We are concerned about knowing what God wants us to know. I'm not interested in, in discovering everything about anything about everybody. No, I don't want to. I only want to know what God wants me to know at that particular time. That's it. I'm happy with that. I'm not interested in knowing what is Sean doing, what is his plans, you know. But if I do meet him and he tells me, that's all right. So I only want to know what God wants me to know at that specific time. So, so this was a major setback for the children of Israel. It was a major setback for, for Joshua particularly because he was a young man who had always looked up to Moses. And all of a sudden, they are in, a, in the middle of a wilderness. Now, you could be anywhere in life, but if you have been to a wilderness, well, that's, that's something different. A wilderness is no life. I mean, it has no trees. It's not as beautiful as the Carolinas here. It just has sand and cactuses. And I was in the Middle East. It's, it's, it's very dry and very sunny. And Moses, no doubt Joshua could think about the things that Moses would do. He would smite the rock and the water would come out. He would, you know, rain manna from heaven. And suddenly this man is gone. What a setback it was for Joshua. I mean, where am I going to start from? I can't even do a core of the things that Moses could do. That that, that must have been what he was thinking about. That maybe they they were discussing among themselves, who is going to take over after the death of Moses? And sometimes, you know, it doesn't doesn't make sense to try to put it together. After so many years, after so many years, when you feel like, well, we're about to cross over, then the leader dies. God takes away the leader. But but but, But then God said to Joshua, he says, he uh, says, says, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan. So God was showing that he lives in continuity. God is not bound by a particular individual or a particular person. God works by his own sovereign will. And the programming of God is not bound by a specific person. God's program is bound by he, his will and his way. And we don't have the privilege of knowing everything about God's program. That's why even our own life is a mystery. And we have to walk by faith. For me to, to finish ministering and go back to my, to my home, I have to go by faith. Brother Gideon Retief, he preached the morning service and he says, I'm going to finish in the, evening, in the afternoon evening service. And he didn't make it, he went to be with the Lord. Praise God. Because the life that we live is not in our hands, but it's in God's hands. And many setbacks that we find, they're not necessarily setbacks. Most of the time, it's our misunderstanding because we don't know God's program. We want things to happen a certain way, but God wants them to happen in a certain way. And then, like for example, take a young man and a young woman who are in love, bless their hearts. Their idea of getting married is, you know, Cinderella in Wonderland and Prince Charming and chocolate every day, which is great, right? (laughs) That's fine. And, you know, but then if that's all they they think about and they know about, they're going to be very disappointed. They're going to have many setbacks. And then they'll say, well, marriage is difficult. It's not difficult. It's not what you thought it is. It's great, but it's not paradise. Even work, you, th- you think, well, I'm going to get my dream job, and I'm going to be sitting in this office, you know, working in a white-collar job. I'll have my MacBook, and I'll have my, all my managers and my, my employees reporting to me, and I'll be making these presentations in New York. I'll be flying all over the world, you know, making investment pitch in, you know, in, in Japan, you know, different places. But guess what? <laughs> it's a little bit different. You go to work, there's politics, there's toxics, there's, uh, there's someone, someone that doesn't like you. You know, there's someone that, you know, doesn't, you know, you, you have those problems. But in your mind, when you're in college, your picture is, wow, everything is going to be very good. My career path is going to be like this. But then God wants you to go like, shh, shh, shh. And the most important thing is, have you ever seen, I'm not a nurse, but when, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a machine that nurses look at when someone is like on a hospital bed, and I think it has got lines like this. When the line goes straight, that's not a good thing. That is not a good thing. I'm not a doctor, but I think, as far as I know, it's not a good thing. It has to have mountains and valleys, Right? It has to have challenges. It has to have setbacks. It has to have high moments and low moments. It has to have, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you are happy. Sometimes you are frowning. Sometimes you are sad. Sometimes you are mood. Sometimes you don't know. You don't even know what you want. Sometimes people ask you, what, what do you want for your birthday? Like, I don't know. <laughs> That's what life is. If life was straight, it was not going to be interesting. You know, you, you wonder why people, they take these, you know, quad bikes. Sometimes they take these cars and they go to the mountains and they, they, they drive them through the mud. Because there is joy in overcoming challenges. There is joy in, in overcoming, you know, you know, challenges. Let's say you go backpacking with Brother, with brother um, Andy and Irish here. He's not going to take you to a, just a straight path. <laughs> And then you come back home and say, well, I went backpacking. That doesn't make sense. You have to climb and go around. And you say, Brother Andy, are we there? He says, just a little bit, brother. (laughs) You keep going. (laughs) Brother Andy, are we there? Just a little bit. And that's what God does sometimes. We're like, Lord, when am I going to get over this? You know, sometimes you feel like you are stuck. You are going in circles. God knows where he's taking you. And when you come to the mountain top, you're like, wow. I sat and listened to Steve when he, went, when he climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. It's nice after the experience that he is describing. When he, when he was climbing, it wasn't fun. <laughs> there was a time where he was hating himself. Well, I mean, I, I think he, he can best describe, but I'm just paraphrasing in my understanding of what he told me. There were times where he thought, why did I even do this? Why, why do I do this to myself? And then you know it was tough. But once you went on top, he says, "Wow, this is beautiful." He came down. Now you know he, he's telling friends it's something great, and that's what life is about. That's what setbacks are all about. Now we read here in the Bible in Ezekiel chapter chapter one verse twelve. The Bible says, "And they went everyone everyone straightforward with that the spirit was to go. They went." And they turned not when they went. If you know Ezekiel chapter 1, that's the living creatures. And it's in many symbols, right? The Bible says they had eyes all over. They had four faces, a man, an eagle, an ox. They had wheels and things things like that. Those were symbols, right? And this was a picture of the glory of God. And the prophet says that that was a type of the church. Because if you read Revelation chapter 4 and Revelation chapter 5... You will find living creatures. And and all of us, we are under a certain power. Remember, the power in Revelation chapter 13, there are also beasts. But the Greek word, remember we said it's called what? therion. These are untamed beasts. It's a power that causes people to get drunk, to do all kinds of things. It's an untamed beast, Revelation 13. But the, the, the creatures, the beasts in Revelation chapter 1, 4, 5, they are called, the Greek word is zoon, which means they are tame beasts. And that's the power of the Holy Ghost. It's a power, but it's governed. It's not a reckless power. Amen. That's the, pow- the power that is in the world is a reckless power. So these are the creatures that were, that Ezekiel saw, that were surrounding the glory of God. And the Bible says that they they went, everyone, straight forward, whither the spirit was to go. They went and they turned not where they went. In other words, the symbol is this. They had wheels, right? They had a face on this side. These are symbols. Now, don't try to draw this like the Jehovah's Witness. There was a face of a man in this direction. There was a face of an eagle in this direction. There was a face of a... And they had eyes all over, Right? if I have to go this way, I have to turn, right? But, but these creatures, they, did, they didn't have to turn because they had faces all over. And they, they, the Bible says they turned not when they went. If they wanted to go east, they had wheels. They could just shh. If they wanted to go north, shh. And that's the spirit of God. In other words, God does not go back. In our own thinking, we might feel like, well, I have a setback. Well, think, but you're actually moving forward. You are actually moving forward. Because the Bible says that he makes all things work together for good. And to them that love the Lord in accord to, to, to his own purpose. Hallelujah. Because the Bible is not like the Quran. The Quran is a book of ethics. But the Bible is a book of life. It's a story of people making mistakes. You read about David taking as wife... That looked like he was going back. But that was according to the program of God. Because God wanted five Gentile women to be in the tribe, in the genealogy of Judah. God wanted Tamar. God wanted Ruth. God wanted, you know, uh, 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 who's the other one? Uh, There was Tamar, there was Ruth, and then there was Rahab, right? God wanted all those women to be there. And if, if things had happened perfectly, they were not going to be there. So David had to have a setback for God's program to be fulfilled. I'm not saying we have to go around looking for problems, no sir. But I want you to know that when you find yourself in a problem, it's God making it work together for good. God, there is no mistake. When we say there is no mistake in the Bible, or when we say there is no mistake in the message, we are not saying that, The people in the Bible didn't make mistakes. The people made mistakes, but the grand scheme of things, it's perfect. The prophet, yes, he was a human being. You could have said, you know, 7,000 instead of 700, he made mistakes. But if you look at it in the grand scheme of things, it was perfect. So when we say the message is perfect, when when we say the Bible is perfect, everyone in the Bible made mistakes. They all had their own setbacks. But you know what? God was working through those setbacks. Amen. What if, what, what if oh, David was a perfect king and nothing? Then we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have a, 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 a Bathsheba. Wouldn't have her. She wouldn't be there. But there had to be a setback for Bathsheba to come. But in the middle of the problem, David wasn't thinking about that. David thought, "Well, I'm a dead man. You know, my kingdom is falling apart." But God had a program. So sometimes when you make a mistake, don't over-condemn yourself. Don't get into a complex and feel like, why did I ever do this? Why didn't I go to college? Why didn't I do this program? Why didn't I buy a house in this place? No, what, you are perfectly fine. Just say, Lord, I thank you for what I accomplished. I'm asking you to lead me in the next steps. Don't say, well, why did, I, why did I meet this guy? Why did I get married to this lady? No, God wanted you to be married to the right, the one that you have. That's the one that God wanted for you. Amen. You say, well, Brother Aaron, I, I find it hard to believe. Oh, that's the scripture. Amen. Let's read something here. The Bible says, and the prophet says in Revelation chapter, uh, uh, in, in Revelation series, he says, they, could, they couldn't they could turn. If they was going this way, it was like a man. Going this way was like an eagle. Going this way was like an ox. Going this way was like a lion. Now, the glory of God had these four living creatures. And these are creatures that were operating in the church ages. But they are also spirits that should operate in your personal life. Sometimes you fly over situations like an eagle. Sometimes you have to fight like a lion. Sometimes you have to bear your problem like an ox. And then sometimes you have to use wisdom like a man. It's not all the time where you feel like, all my problems, I'm going to be flying over them. Oh, I'm an ego. Shh. No. There are problems where sometimes some of them you just have to bear them like an ox. Sometimes you may have to take medication all your life and you need the anointing of an ox. Praise the Lord. Sometimes you need wisdom to deal with certain situations. Sometimes you need, you know, to just ignore some things, just be an ego. And, and, and that's, that, that's how, you know, we deal with setbacks. So the prophet says that, that we find that in the virtues of life and everywhere, and so you have to take the pro and con, the law of average. You have to have the day to know how to have the night. But the prophet is saying you have to have the day to know that there's a night. To know how to appreciate the day, you have to have the rain to appreciate the sun, the sunshine. You have to have the valley to appreciate the mountain. It's the principles of God. If you have, if we had day throughout without a night, we would not appreciate the day. Over the past few days, you know, if you get on a, on a, uh, a call with people, you know, meeting with, with the, meeting of the clients, we're like, oh, it's a beautiful day we have right here, Aaron. Well, okay, now that's good. <laughs> because we are coming out of winter, right? And people appreciate spring, except for the allergies. But the, we appreciate spring because it's such a contrast, right? You have sunlight, it's so beautiful. but, when, but in, in, in the dead of winter, you know what, what gives you hope? Spring is going to come. when it's snowing and you are shoveling, you know, eight inches of snow, one thing that comes in your mind. Spring is going to come. And that's why the Bible says that sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen, Amen. You, you, you go on uh, A,bnb, you look for, you know, a nice vacation. Spring is going to come. That takes you through winter. That takes you the darkness of winter, that takes you through the coldness and the rain, which is like a, a setback, in a way, right? But when you, when you find yourself in a setback, just know that they, generally in life, you can never be in a valley altogether. You know, it, no matter how hard it is, you will always come out of it. And the Bible says that Mo- Moses, because of the joy that was set before him, he overcame Jesus Christ for the joy that was set before him. He, he, he endured the cross. He says, I'm going to get out of this. You know, I'm going to finish college. I'm going to do this. That's how life works. So, to overcome setbacks, one of the ways is you have, to look, you have to have hope. And we have a living hope. Whatever problems you have, you know that it's not going to end like this. God is going to visit me. Things are going to change. That's the hope that the children of Israel had. That the, that's the hope that the Jews had when they were going through the Holocaust. God is going to visit us. The Messiah is going to come. We are going to be placed in our homeland. They held on to the promise of God through difficulties. Amen. God keeps his word. The prophet says, it's the greatest experience of my life. is when I get up against something that I can't get over, around or under, and just stand still and watch God make a way through it. Sometimes when we come with come through setbacks don't try to do anything sometimes you have to stand still because god said to joshua stand still and see to joshua stand still and see the salvation of the lord sometimes god can't help us when we are trying to figure it out ourselves sometimes you have to let let go and let god sometimes you just have to say lord i'm going to trust my children in your hands Lord, I'm going to trust my, 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 my work situation. I'm going to put it in your hands, Lord. Lord, this problem that I have, I'm going to put it in your hands. Don't try to help yourself. Amen. Don't, don't try to advertise yourself. Don't try to market yourself. Don't try to make yourself more. Just wait and wait upon the Lord. Amen. So the prophet says that's the most glorious time. You have to come to that place says, these are the greatest times when I meet a situation and I have to wait and see God overcoming that situation. Amen. Genesis chapter 20, 20 verse, verse 2. And Abraham said to his wife, she is my sister. Remember Abraham? God was tell, told him, you're going to be the father of many nations. And your wife Sarah is going to have a son and everything is going to be great. I'm going to bless you. And then guess what? Fair man came. Imagine. A man who is blessed, who God has given, promised you know, after traveling for many, almost 1,200 miles from <laughs> Babylon coming to, to the plains of Mamre. Then, then he goes to Egypt as if that's not enough. He meets a king there who wants to take his wife. <laughs> and he said, you know what, uh, Sarah, you are my, you're my sister. Let's, and then this guy, Abimelech, he took Sarah and I, I wonder how Abraham must have been thinking whilst he was sleeping alone and Sarah had gone with the king. Have you ever thought about it? What Abraham must have been thinking in his mind? <laughs> Lord, I thought you said she was going to be the mother of, of many nations. But now she's been taken by a, a Gentile king. That was a setback. That was a great setback. I mean, that was That was terrible. Just, just just, think about it. You're thinking, wow, this woman is going to be, she is the queen. She is going to bring forth, you know, a great a royal priesthood. But now an Egyptian king has taken hold of her. This is the end of my marriage. This is the end of my life. What I said back, it was. But you know what? God doesn't forget his children. God knows what we are going through. And although Abraham was wrong, although Abraham was in the wrong place, God never came to condemn Abraham. God came through and helped his son. God came through and restored his family. He went to to Abimelech and says, "Behold, thou art a dead man. For the woman which you have taken, she is a man's wife." And God said to God said to, Ab- to and Abimelech said, "No, it's not my fault." He says, "No, take 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 her back." He says, that man is my prophet. God did not deny Abraham, although he had made mistakes. Even sometimes when you make mistakes, God does not hold you to that. God is not a man, friends. God is God. Some people feel like, well, if I, if I fast, I, I feel worthy. No, God doesn't work like that. Yes, it's good to fast. It's good to do something for the Lord. It's good to give to a missionary work. But you don't bargain with God. Just imagine if your child thinks he can do something to, to, to gain your love. If you have a child, you just love them because they are your children. Before, before they do anything, before, you just love them. Yes, you want them to do well, but you don't want them to just you know, do it for the sake of, you, know, you just love them because they are your children. So sometimes when we meet first setbacks, we, we tend to think of ourselves, well, I shouldn't have done this, or oh, I made a mistake, and sometimes we over-condemn ourselves. That's why Paul says that God is greater than our hearts. Sometimes we are not able to forgive ourselves, but we don't have to. God forgives us, because our hearts are so small, we can, sometimes we can't forgive ourselves, but the Bible says God is greater than our hearts. You say, don't, don't, don't drown in depression. Say, so why did I ever do this? Why did I? You know, Paul used to do, to do that constantly. He would write a letter, and then in the middle of the letter, he was like, ah, but I persecuted Christians. You know, it, it bothered him all his life. Obviously, God used that to make him humble, but he didn't have to. He, God had forgiven him. That was it. And when God throws it in the sea of forgetfulness, he doesn't remember it. People would come on the discernment line and the prophet would say, if you did something, just confess it. And the moment they come on the line, the prophet says, I don't see anything. I don't see any record." That's what God can do. If you go and pray and say, Lord, you know I did this. Yeah, God says, I don't know it. God will say, I don't know. He, has a, a, he is the only one that has the ability to do that. We as people, unfortunately, we can't. We, we tend to remember the bad things that happened to us. And the good things, that's why, you know, it's very hard. That's why uh, 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 women have a good memory. Because women attach emotions to events. So when, you, when, when something makes you emotional, it's very easy for you to remember it. Because it made you emotional, right? Just like your birthday, it's, it's, it's something good, you know, you, you want to remember it. Or if you had an accident... That's why sometimes people suffer from uh, PSD and different things. It was, you know, it's vivid in your mind. The more you are hurt, that's the more you remember something. So, so women, they are emotional people. That's why they remember so much. They will tell you what you did in 2014 on 8 December at 8 a.m. But men, they are not very emotional creatures. I mean, we get emotional when we buy a pickup truck or something like that. (laughs) But, Normally, men are not emotional, right? And that's not a bad thing for women. God made them like that for them to, you know, be able to do what they do as mothers. Praise the Lord. But God is not like that. He's not governed by feelings. He forgets. Ruth chapter 1. Now it came to pass in the days when judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem of Judah went to sojourn in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. You see, the first thing is there was a famine. And then when there was a famine, they left their country. They left the USA. They went to, uh, let's say, they went to Mexico. And guess what? The men died. And now there was this woman who was a widow and had two daughters. Right? And then you know the story. And then also these these, these, these daughters, their husbands died, right? All of them. And she, 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 she went out having a family, with the husband and, 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 and sons and, 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 and you know, uh, daughters. And you know what? She lost it all. But you see, God had a plan for, for, for all these happenings. Until she says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. She says, because I am bitter, because I have had so much setbacks in my life. How can all these things happen to one person? You run away from famine just to have a little peace, and then your husband dies, and then your two sons dies. I mean, she fought like I'm, I'm as good as a dead person, but you know what? God had a plan in all of this, and that plan had, to, had something to do with Ruth." Sometimes God takes you through situations. sometimes it's not for yourself. Sometimes maybe it may be that because you are raising a preacher and you don't know it. Maybe sometimes there are many changes that happen to your family and you don't know what it, why, why it's happening like that. Maybe you are, you are raising someone who is going to be something, and God wants you to go through that. The prophet, I remember when the prophet, his mother died, he said, "I have to move to the West." He said oh, the thing that tied me to the east is gone. My mother, my mother-in-law, they are gone. So, he, Brother Bram, he was affected so much by the death of his mom. But as long as all those people that he loved were in the east, he would have, it was very hard for him to move to the west. So, sometimes God allows things so that we can go in the path of our destiny. Unfortunately, sometimes God does that. Joseph's destiny was in Egypt. Unless something serious had happened, he was not going to go to Egypt. But there had to be an interruption for Joseph to go to Egypt. And the prophet, ever since he was born, his destiny laid in the West. Something had to happen for him to go to the West. Amen. And I never thought I would be in the USA. Never I didn't want to come to the USA. I had great respect for the, land, for the country. It's very beautiful. But, well, God just made things in such a way I ended up coming here. And for the first year, I was wondering, what am I doing here? <laughs> but you know what? God had the plan. And it's not up to me. It's what he wants. I'm happy to be here. I believe this is a blessed uh, country. It's a very beautiful country. But when I left, I didn't have that in my mind. I didn't want to leave my country or leave my home. But... God had interrupt my life so that I could wind up coming to the U.S. So that's what God does sometimes. He gives us setbacks so that he can change our course. Yeah. Sometimes setbacks come so that we can restore factory settings. You know, when your computer dies, sometimes the IT people come. You know what they simply do? They restore to factory settings. Sometimes you, you have wandered away so much until you have... Now you no longer pray. You no longer read your Bible. You no longer listen to the tapes. Then you are ripe for an interruption. Then something happens. Then God restores those factory settings. Everything goes back to factory defaults. Let's go back to the default. You start coming to church. You start, you know, uh, 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 being nice, praying for people, listening to prayer requests, singing during song service. Why? A setback is change your direction. Amen. Now you know this uh, microwave was discovered by a mistake. I added this for for the young people so that you know they can you know learn something. <laughs> the man his name was uh, Percy Spencer. He, had, you know, something in his pocket and he was playing with the ra- the radar and, and it melted, right? And he thought, wow, this has messed up my pants, but that's how they discovered the microwave fed back you know there was a guy called Christopher Columbus (laughs) as if (laughs) everyone doesn't know him. he wanted to go to Asia (laughs) from Spain I believe it was and he sailed for many days and he saw he came to land and he was convinced he was convinced that he was in Japan or China but guess what He was in America. (laughs) And that was a setback. I mean, that is not what I planned. But it was one of the greatest discovery for the Western world. Right? It was like a mistake, but God had planned it for that way. Because God had written a Bible, and he had written Revelation chapter 13, that there would come a beast from the earth, which is the United States. Praise the Lord victory day, the prophet says, it seems like the Christian life, if, if the fellow is not absolutely centered on Christ, the Christian life seems like holds so many disappointments. That's what the prophet says. He says, if you don't have an absolute, you may think that the Christian life has so many disappointments. But those disappointments are God's divine will happening for us. Now, it Don't seem like it would be that, but it's God's way of doing things. I want you to repeat after me. It's God's way of doing things. Amen. We have our own way of doing things, right? Have a house in the Sebabs, buy an SUV, have a family. Everything is perfect, but God has his way of doing things. Sometimes we don't get everything that we want. Just like our kids, they don't get to eat ice cream every day. And they don't understand. It's like, mom, why? You know? But you, you know better, and God knows better too. Romans chapter 8, verse 36. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, or angels, or principalities shall separate from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul was saying. You know, Paul had been through many challenges until he was able to turn setbacks into victory. You know, when he was ready to die, you know, on on his last, when he was in in prison, he said, for me to die is gain and for me to live is Christ. He was staring at death in the face, you know, when he was writing, oh, death, where is your victory? Because there had been a, you know, a, a conspiracy in Rome, you know, something was burned and they blamed it on the Christians. And Paul knew that he was going to be killed for that. But, you know, and for many years, he had written letters and said, I'll come back to you. I'll, I'll be, maybe I trust that the Lord I will be restored to you. But when, when Paul was staring death, he didn't cower, you know, down. He didn't beg out. He said, he said, for me to die is gain and to live is Christ. I mean, what a remarkable statement. How can you say, I mean, death is the worst thing that's going to happen to a human being. But Paul is saying, you know what, actually it's a benefit to me if I die. If I live, it's a benefit. Now I don't know what to choose. That's what Paul thought, thought about it. But if we were in that situation, oh my, we we'll would be miserable. Why is these things happening to me? After spending so many years in jail, now I'm dying. Don't I deserve something nice in life? But you know what, he was a messenger. The prophet says in the message I know, and why, and why does God let troubles come? God harnesses trouble, puts bits in its mouth and makes it obey him. And those troubles bring us into a closer fellowship with God. Amen. Now, I don't want to wait until trouble comes. I want to be in close fellowship with God. Amen. I don't want to wait for, for sickness to come. I want to be in close, close fellowship with God. But this does not mean that if you have trouble, you have problems with God. No, sir. That doesn't mean if you see someone in trouble, don't just judge and say, well, there must be something wrong with their life. No, it's not. The Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivereth out of them all. Amen. Amen. We all have a cross to carry, right? What here is thou, Elijah? The prophet says, and after this... Still, it wasn't sufficient, and little old Elijah, he didn't know what to do, so he ran to the juniper tree. I'm glad that there's a juniper tree. All God's people need to to go to that juniper tree. And it takes setbacks for us to to come to that place, right? The prophet Jesus Christ said, and Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back his feet for the kingdom of, of God. In other words, don't give up keep moving forward. When troubles come, pick up yourself, keep moving forward. When you make a mistake, say, Lord, I'm sorry, you keep moving forward. God is not for those that draw back. Amen. Sometimes, when we meet, you know, problems, the problem is not a problem. The problem is that we get into a problem because of the problem. (laughs) Like the pool of Bethesda, there was a guy who was there, I think he was there for like 38 years or something like that, 28 years, and Jesus Christ came to him and said, do you want to be healed? And he started to, give, to tell a story, oh, you know, whenever the angel comes and they still break the waters, someone else go in front of me. That's not what Jesus Christ asked. He says, do you want to be healed? He had, the prophet said he had gotten into a complex and the prophet says many times when we, we stay too long with our problems, if we're not careful, it gives us a complex. Amen. You, you, you draw yourself to a little corner. And, and sometimes you become withdrawn. Usually a complex, if you see yourself getting withdrawn, many times that's one of the first signs of having a complex. You withdraw yourself. And you, you tell yourself and you, you feel pity for yourself. Amen. Say, ah, no, just poor me. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's the devil taking advantage of you. Just say, Lord, you are a warrior. You are a soldier. Lord, you have called me to the army. I will fight, and I will fight, and I will fight. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. And now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Amen. The prophet says, every born-again Christian has a road set before you. You have got to follow that road. God marks it out. You see, sometimes we are taught in school, well, you we have to make decisions. There are things that are out, out of our decisions. But the Bible, the prophet says, God marks it out. It's marked by the blood And the spirit always lives in the blood because through the blood comes life. Amen. So this path that a Christian walks, it's a a path that has bloody footprints. And we have to follow that bloody footprints. And each and every one has a different path. So never compare yourself with the next person. Never compare yourself because you are writing a different exam. If you copy the next person, you're going to fail. Because you have got different exams, right? I went to <laughs> write a CPA exam, and, you know, when you go on the computer, there will be someone sitting next to you, and each one has a different exam. It's the same standard, but it's, it's, it's different. So you can't, even if you try to say, I'm going to look at my neighbor, that's not going to help you. So each and every one of us, we are walking the same. We, we all come through the blood, but the path is different, and the challenges are different. But God is just. Amen. Amen. For, for, because remember, God will never give you something that you are more than able to bear. For whenever you are tempted, he makes a way. Praise the Lord. All right. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I think we covered this. Now, Samuel, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul? Seeing I have rejected him for ringing over Israel, fill thine horn with oil and go, and I'll send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now, Samuel, I'm going to close just now. Samuel had anointed Saul to become king. Now, Samuel relaxed because he said, You know, I've got a king, everything is working out fine. But then Saul started to change right? He started to do things that were wrong, you know, and S- Samuel was worried and he was crying and he was mourning every time, Lord, why am I in this situation? I'm the one that anointed this person. I'm the one. Sometimes we condemn ourselves, but yet it was God who wanted Saul to anoint, to, wanted Samuel to anoint Saul. But, but Saul was great, Samuel was greatly distressed for, for for Saul. Until God had to come to him and say, how long are you going to mourn for, for so? Rise up of your, of your complex. Rise up from your depression. Take a horn of oil and I'm going to anoint you a king that shall reign over my people. Sometimes we sit and, you know, we think about our, our life situations and we, we condemn ourselves. I shouldn't have smoked in the world. Now I have got a health problem. No, God allowed you to go through that for his own glory. Amen. Romans, for, Psalms 30, verse 5, For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. The Bible says, And Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb, now, when this was happening, Moses didn't know, didn't go out seeking the Lord. He didn't know that this is a mountain of God. He was just going about his business. He was just tending the flock. He was a man who was 80 years old, I believe it was. And all his life he had been told, you're a deliverer, you're going to deliver people. And he killed a man. And the man that he killed, you know, it, he had a, a felony and he ran away, Right? So this is a man, he could not work in the bank because he had a criminal record. You know, he, he couldn't buy a car. You know, he, he lost everything. His credit score crashed because of his criminal records. He couldn't save his credit cards. He was a fugitive. And he was out there somewhere in Median, in, 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 in Horeb tending flock, eight years old. He had lived all his life in the palace of the king. And he had everything that he needed. When he wanted brisket, there were people that would smoke the brisket for him. When he wanted coffee, he had the best coffee. But now, everything has changed. I mean, he has lost his identity. He has lost everything. And he marries a gentle woman called uh, uh, Zipporah. Hallelujah. And, he's, and his father-in-law is a priest of Midian. He's a heathen priest. And he must have been wondering, well, how... Did I ever get here? How did I ever find myself here? I was only trying to help a man and I didn't I didn't mean to kill anyone. That's what maybe was crossing Moses' mind. And you know, if there's anything that is, there's nothing more humbling than than heading than being a shepherd. I mean I have I have I have I've lived in the country for a little bit, used to visit, and being out in the country heading cattle. You know, there is nothing fascinating. It's just the planes. And then you're just heading, you know, it's, it can be so, you really think about a lot of things. But guess what? God had something for Moses. And when he was in that situation, he saw a burning bush. And a voice spoke to him and said, Moses, don't come close. Take off your shoes. Take off your shoes. Amen. He says, who are you? I am the Lord God Almighty, and I'm sending you tonight. Sometimes you find yourself in a situation, God wants to to speak to you in that situation. God wanted to make you pause so that he can speak to you. If the musicians can come. Some of the greatest fellowship I had in my life with my wife was during COVID. It was just the two of us, we were locked down, and we did a wonderful time of fellowship. It was a setback, but it was very, very good for for us. We enjoyed a, a wonderful time together. If there was no lockdown, we wouldn't have spent so much time like that together. I would be probably busy going to the office Monday to Friday. But for two years, we just locked down. And that setback, it opened doors for us. So sometimes, don't look at just what is happening around you. Look at the bigger picture because God has something for you. Can you say amen? The Revelation chapter 1, Jesus Christ said, I am, I am he that cleaveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of death and of, of hell and of death. Remember, God, when he made everything, it was perfect. And he was the first one to, to experience a setback. When Lucifer rebelled, right? And, you know, he made a paradise for Adam and Eve. Everything was perfect. And guess what? There was a setback. But that setback, it created the greatest comeback. Jesus Christ rising on the cross. And that's why we celebrate Easter today. That's why we sing, Worthy is the Lamb. We crown him with many crowns because he is worthy. If we had not been lost, then we would have not known for salvation if we can stand upon our feet. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight, Lord. We find ourselves, Lord, in setbacks in many situations. We wonder, why did I ever come here? Why did I ever make this mistake? But we see that there's a hand, there's an unseen hand that is guiding our life. Sometimes we, we don't understand some of the decisions we took. Sometimes we don't understand, Father, some of the people that we are associated with but father you you knew father and you, you predestinated everything for your own glory sometimes lord god we have been through sicknesses that we wonder why how come i have this problem lord we know that you are the healer and father we know that in all in, in your time you make all things beautiful we thank you father because your ways are perfect your word is perfect your will is perfect lord there is no mistake, Lord. There is no problem. There is no retreat. Everything that you do is perfect, is divine, and it's right. Lord, we, we, we thank you tonight, Father, because you loved us. We are not worthy, Father. Whatever we have need of, whatever we have missed, we don't deserve anything, Lord. We are thankful for what we, ha- what we have and who we are. We pray tonight, Lord, that you help us, Lord Jesus Christ. If some of your children are... Are in situations, job situations, may you help them, Lord. We are asking in Jesus Christ's name, if there are some that I seek tonight, Lord, may you heal them, Father. Lord, some someone are sitting and hearing your word, there is life in your word. Lord, it's not a lecture. It's not just a, a story of ethics, but Father, there is life in this word. Lord, even Job, oh God, and he said back when he was, when he was sitting for, for seven days, you came and you spoke to him and you changed his situation. Lord, we know that you said in your word that, that sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Father, may you help your children. Some are raising their hands. They are standing, Lord. They have given up on their problem. They have given up, Father, on their own efforts. And they are just giving them to to you, Lord. Father, as you said to the disciples, launch your nets into the deep. And, Father, when they had tried all night and failed, you gave them abundance of harvest. Lord, many times, Lord, we find ourselves in the situation, Lord, where we have tried everything and we have failed. Lord, may you you just come tonight uh, and help us father just one more time Lord uh, just help us father in our families uh, in our marriages in our businesses in our jobs uh, in every aspect of our life uh, where we have failed uh, but you come down Lord uh, and just do father the miraculous uh, the same that you did on the shores of Galilee. for you are the same we thank you tonight bless the remainder of our week uh, and help us to walk in faith uh, Lord Jesus Christ we are looking to you in this dangerous hour. We give you all glory and all honor. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Worthy is the lamp. If you need prayer, certainly welcome, but God bless you.
1: Thank you for the cross oh Lord And thank you for the price. Bearing all my sin and shame in love you came.
0: Services this weekend as well, so I uh, bet just sing it as you're dismissed.